Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. I'm Michaela Paulkner, Technology Editor at Precision Farming Dealer. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. AGCO is thinking retrofit first in its approach to autonomy. The OEM is designing technology that will fit farmers' operations, which often include a mixed fleet and the need to improve efficiency without buying a brand new machine. Seth Crawford, AGCO's Senior Vice President and General Manager of Precision Ag and Digital, says it's the best business opportunity for AGCO as it positions the company to address farmers' agronomic needs and deliver economic benefits to them. In this episode, Seth talks through AgCo's retrofit first strategy, its tech stack, its moves to add on to its autonomous capabilities, and much more. So I'm Seth Crawford. I lead our Precision Ag and Digital organization at AgCo. And so as the, the general manager of this organization, that includes our precision planting business unit that recently has been expanded to include Apario, uh, JCA Technologies, and HeadSite. And then I also leave our Fuse uh, Connected Services and Technology Group, which is all the technology that crosses all of our, our branded equipment. So our, our Fent, Massey, Massey-Ferguson products. And then I have our, our digital uh, interfaces for customers and dealers. So things like e-commerce, our configurators, uh, all of our marketing automation, uh, our CRM systems. And then finally, I have our parts and service business uh, globally. So that's all part of the business unit that I oversee. Okay. And today we're talking about Agco's tech stack in particular. So could you start by identifying what the components of Agco's tech stack are? The way we look at it, as far as our, our Agco branded machines, uh, whether it's, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a Fent or a, a Massey Ferguson tractor, we start with our foundational architecture. And within Agco, we call that our common electronics architecture. And then on top of that, we consider guidance to be the, the next step up. And, and with that guidance, you know, that we, we moved over 10 years ago. In the earliest days, we had been leveraging third-party uh, guidance. But about 10 years ago, we implemented common electronics architecture, and we started to be the systems integrator with our guidance system. And so now that's, that's a very common, I don't know many large farmers that don't operate with guidance uh, anywhere in the world. So you know, that's, that's almost a foundational element there. And then from the connectivity side of things, you know, we, we group connectivity and some of our ex- advanced sensing uh, together, which would be our, our third layer. Then we have data management and logistics. Then the, the next layer is, is automation and, and artificial intelligence. And then finally on the top is autonomy. Especially over the last uh, year, we've really been active in, in enhancing our capabilities in many of the elements around uh, our tech stack uh, by buying uh, multiple companies uh, to, to take our capabilities to the next level. Talking about the companies and products that are in each layer of your tech stack, could you kind of walk me through step one of layer one all the way to your latest acquisition or investment? Uh, 
where those fall in the tech stack. So at the foundational level, when we talk about that that hardware and, and software and that foundational level, that's really enabling the machine to take these technologies. So on a on a fent tractor out of the factory, it's going to have this common architecture so that we can layer on our guidance system. We can enable our our connectivity products and and so forth. So it's it would not be something that you know a farmer would see necessarily. It it simply is just there. Then obviously for guidance, we have our 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 fence guidance product. We have our our Massey guide, uh, and then in in Europe and South America, we compete with a brand uh, Voltra that we don't have in North America. But the same thing uh, there as well as our Challenger brand. And then that in that guidance would be some of our advanced features like turn automation and, you know, the full field uh, planning is is there that then drifts up into the logistics area. But then on the connectivity side, this is just the Fent Connect, Massey Connect uh, product, and this enables the collection and, and transmission of the the machine data to our cloud. So we're able to monitor the machine's operations for the farmer. We're able to to communicate with the the dealers and the farmers about the machine health and and help them get in front of any potential service issues, uh, remind them of maintenance intervals, those types of things. If I back up to guidance uh, for a second, you know, on the, the guidance side of things, one of the acquisitions we just made was uh, JCA Technologies. And JCA is really enabling us to put this uh, in a more ad- advanced state. It's enabling more of a retrofit approach so it can go on older machines of our own product, but also anyone else's product, whether that be a, a case, a New Holland, uh, a John Deere tractor, uh, whatever it might be, because retrofitting is a key part of, of how we operate under our precision planting brand that that not many others do. When I mentioned that connectivity and advanced sensing area, uh, there, you know, when we acquired precision planting in 2017, you know, precision has been the master of, of sensing at the advanced level in, in uh, planting row crops for, for years. And then we've enhanced that with Apario Systems, we already had a joint venture with them for our connectivity, and with the enhancements, and well, with that acquisition, now we've brought those capabilities in house because we don't see farming in the future without connectivity. Uh, Headsight's a company we purchased that had header height control systems, and so again, advanced sensing to to make sure that we're at the optimal height to to capture all of the crop going through the field. And then JCA Technologies uh, has uh, sensing technology, really in perception-based sensing for autonomy. And then finally, the the last one that we acquired in this space applies more to our uh, grain and protein side of the business, and that's Research 151. Uh, They're they're sensing grain within a a grain silo, watching for hotspots, being able to identify and detect that and predict that. Uh, based on some of the advanced uh, sensing that they have. From a data management and logistics standpoint, here one of the, uh, the big things that, that we've announced and we're uh, in the early phases of releasing is our Fent1 platform. 
enabling really having a, a single customer portal for uh, farmers to go to. to. To help that along, the acquired technology there, you know, that, that enables, you know, advanced logistics planning uh, would be from JCA Technologies. Apario helps with that as well. Uh, from the the machine to machine communication that's critical that's enabled uh, through the connectivity there. The other acquisition that we have in the grain of protein space was with uh, Ferromatics. It's a product called Scout that uh, helps with the monitoring of of chickens in in various chicken barns. So really covering the needs for for managing data across the an entire farm. Uh, on the automation and artificial intelligence side. We've made some pretty significant enhancements just on our own uh, organically in the uh, artificial intelligence machine learning areas, bringing in uh, additional data scientists uh, and data management capabilities. But that every every company we've picked up has had this, either the JCA, uh, Precision Planting uh, for sure has had this. And especially at Winter Conference, we, we really took a major step forward with Precision Planting and announcing that we're moving into the crop care side of, of the crop cycle with spraying, with camera sensors, both for, for enhanced guidance, for uh, emergence detection, for weed identification, for spot spraying, uh, really uh, taking those steps forward. Uh, Headsight uh, has added capabilities. Ferromatics, again, uh, added capabilities there. And then Green Eye. Technology is a, a firm uh, based in Israel that we took a, a minority stake in, and they're also in the, I'd say, the sea and spray area, you know, whether it's green on green or green on brown uh, sensing. Uh, we bought just under 3% of, of green eye, and so we're staying very close to them uh, in, in that rapidly evolving space. And then on the autonomy piece, you know, when one of the the acquisitions that we're very proud of there is JCA. I know I mentioned it before, but JCA has really been uh, at the heart of automation for a variety of companies. You know, most of the household names that you're hearing the other majors talk about, uh, somewhere in the background, JCA was helping either the, the majors or the startups that the majors have purchased uh, to, to develop their autonomy. And so the, uh, they, they really have some, some advanced capabilities at JCA and some really knowledgeable uh, team members. And so we're excited to have uh, JCA as part of the, the fold. Excellent. You mentioned a lot of acquisitions, but then also that Agco was working on its own hiring data scientists to work on some of the AI and autonomy type stuff. So what is your strategy for how those two things come together? Well, when we asked ourselves how we're going to accelerate this overall, and we had the uh, strategic discussions internally and with our board, it, it really came out that, you know, for sure we could do it organically. Uh, we, we felt we had a foundation, but we just felt it would take too long. You know, the hiring process and identifying the right uh, talent and, and grooming them that that would be a, a challenge and, and simply going out and trying to poach uh, individuals didn't seem like a, a real uh, good way to, to go about it. So we decided on, on really a blended approach between enhancing our internal capabilities and going out selectively and identifying, in many cases, companies that 
that that had good capabilities that that could really come in and supplement what we had. And, you know, as part of that, we didn't feel that we needed to go out and get big name uh, companies uh, because in those cases, you're generally paying a lot for the brand. And we feel from a retrofit first approach that we have a great brand with precision planting and it's very well accepted and recognized by farmers as far as, uh, you know, a technology that can be retrofitted onto any anybody's machine. And that's that's really starting to grow, you know, around the world too, as far as brand recognition there. And then we also uh, feel that, you know, with our our Fent and Massey Ferguson brands in North America, that we have solid brands there that that are well accepted. So we didn't feel that we needed to go get brands. We felt that we needed to go get the capabilities. And so that's what we've done. You know, not many people have heard of uh, JCA or Apario or Headsight. But if you look at the products uh, that are out there across the farms, quite often they have some place in, in a lot of the, uh, the farms that are out there. And we see that as a real opportunity for us to continue doing that too. You know, continuing to build on our capabilities organically, uh, continuing to grow the businesses we've acquired and continue to keep an eye out for investments. And in the case of, of uh, Apex AI and GreenEye, where we've taken small venture capital uh, stakes in those companies. It's really done to stay close to them uh, and learn about the technology, see how it's evolving uh, without uh, maybe spending too much on an early stage uh, company or early stage development. Sure, that makes sense. What is your strategy for adding on to your tech stack? I would say it's it's invest organically. You know, I, we are we are aggressively recruiting. We have a lot of uh, job jobs posted right now and, and we're very specific about you know where we're trying to build up the capabilities but in today's environment we also have a lot of uh, opportunities for remote work and uh, that's been paying dividends for us uh, and and we're exploring the addition of a of an additional tech hub site that we're not ready to talk about today but we're very close to being able to make announcements about on that and then finally, uh, I, I would say our mergers and acquisitions group, uh, business development group, is as busy as they've ever been. Really combing through, you know, all the the potential uh, companies that are out there. Some of them are early stage startups, and some of them are well established uh, companies looking for a, a transition overall. So, it's a it's it's a fun time to be in the business, and and now it's a a matter of us trying to bring all these companies together. And, and pulling in the same direction. But uh, so far that's going very, very well. We have a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of new employees that are excited to be part of the overall Agco organization. What do you think that you and Agco are doing to make that transition successful to get everybody moving in the same direction? Well, what we're, we're trying to do is enable product teams to help them be very focused on a specific task. We're not trying to to put them in a shared service where they they don't know you know who farmers are, where they don't know what what their end product is. You know, as part of our strategy refresh in 2021 that we announced, you know, it was all about being farmer first, and so we want our employees to be very clearly focused on solving a farmer's problem. 
and building teams so that that team truly owns uh, the, the, their solution that they're going to bring to solve that farmer's problem. And the, the, the companies we've acquired, the, the, it's really energizing for them because in, in most of the acquired companies, they were doing services for other companies. So they were a step or two removed from that, that farmer, that the, the person that's really out in the field uh, growing the crop. And so it's, I'd say it's been invigorating and, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I imagine actually getting to interact with the person that uses the product is really motivating for a lot of people. Absolutely. Now is the time to nominate a dealer for Precision Farming Dealers 2023 Most Valuable Dealership. Now in its 11th year, our annual program recognizes the organization demonstrating the best in sales, service, and support of precision farming technology. Dealers, manufacturers, and others are invited to participate by nominating top precision farming dealers from across North America. Go to precisionfarmingdealer.com MVD to nominate a dealer for our 2023 MVD award and help us recognize North America's premier precision farming operation. Now let's get back to the conversation. In your current tech stack, what gaps do you see and how are you addressing those? One of the gaps that we had was really enabling farmers to manage their data and, and manage their experience across all areas of, of how they do business uh, with us and how they manage their overall farm. And so that's where we've created our, our one digital effort, and that's the, the, the branding that we have uh, on that for Fent customers is Fent One as an example. And that enables the farmer to have you know, one interface that they go to. And as far as managing their data, managing their machines, uh, managing all their information, whether they wanna buy uh, spare parts, maybe they wanna see if there are any alerts uh, coming off their machines. Uh, or, or see, you know, how they can optimize their operation better. Uh, they, they have that now. It is still in the early stages, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a, a gap, but I'd say it's a maturing uh, capability that we have. Uh, the other thing that we are really uh, spending a lot of time on is our overall digital transformation. Uh, this is something that started before COVID. And, and we're very happy it did. And that's really enabling farmers to do business the way they want to do business. And that is, you know, having the, the ability to shop for machines and configure their own machines and shop for the spare parts they need and, and see the recommended products overall and then transact. And, and with that, it's, it's the way the farmer wants to do the business and it just uh, also taking into consideration how that engages the dealer network as well. And so, you know, I think we've, we've really done a nice job of engaging the dealers in the design of this and the fulfillment. Uh, so they're still part of the, the value chain, which is critical to maintaining a healthy dealer network and it's fulfilling the, the farmer's needs. But, but again, this is, this is still a small fraction of our, our total business. Uh, but but we expect that that digital transformation to really enable farmers and our dealers to do business with us in a in a much more automated way uh, in the future 
that's that's much more in line with the rest of their their personal lives. Okay. And what are you doing with dealers to get them at part of this digital transformation? Well, we have uh, advisory groups. So we share some of our plans. We share the research that we see coming from, from customer uh, focus groups and customer experience studies. And then we ask, you know, what are the activities that dealers are facing that really are, are non-value added for them? They do it but they wish it could be automated in some way because they answer the same question over and over. And so we're involving them in the process. And then we're also asking, you know, what, what's uh, absolutely not acceptable? And, and then how do we transform it to make sure that they continue to be very, very healthy? Uh, and in fact, you know, increase the, the customer experience that's delivered and reduce the variance of that customer experience while lowering the cost to serve uh, the customers. Because that, that, you know, wherever I've been, in fact, in the world, visiting dealerships, I've, I can't think of one dealer that ever told me they have enough people on staff or, you know, they have enough service technicians or they have enough parts personnel. They're, they're always talking about how short they are. So we're actively mapping, you know, where are the tasks that that are really just non-value added and how do we get that slop out of the system so that they can really deliver a higher value experience where they do have the, the physical touch points uh, and, and make the most of that. What would you say differentiates your tech stack from that of your competitors? I'd say the, probably the biggest thing that just maybe not the tech stack, you know, as I look at, at, uh, you know, the, the comparisons that, that uh, really everybody's putting out, and it's even beyond our industry, there are a lot of similarities because you can't skip, you know, the, you, you can't go without uh, sensing capabilities uh, if, if you're trying to get to autonomy uh, or, or to automate tasks. But our, our big differentiator is that we truly think retrofit first. So we don't think about just putting this technology on a Massey Ferguson or a Fent uh, tractor or combine or sprayer or, or, or whatever it might be, we think about, you know, what's the farmer's need and what's the farmer's fleet look like? And they often have a mixed fleet. And, and sometimes they don't have a mixed fleet, but they want to take their performance to the next level without buying a brand new machine. And uh, so that's probably the biggest differentiator is we design to truly cross all brands and to, I won't say all vintages of machines because I, you know, as soon as I say that, we'll get somebody that has a 1925 tractor that'll want a, a retrofit kit. So that might be going back too far in history. But we really look at, you know, for sure, you know, what's out there in the in the operating uh, on the operating farms today. You know, say up to to 10 years old. Uh, regardless of the brand, and we're going to target that with the best business opportunity uh, as we try to solve those farmers' problems and and make sure that we're able to deliver that return on the investment while solving the agronomic need and delivering an economic benefit to that farmer uh, as we leverage our technology. When we talk retrofit, one of the big differences that we have, because whether you retrofit something or you, you build it into your machine, a lot of the tech stack is similar. The, when we talk retrofit, we're talking about a whole different channel. You know, we have a precision planting channel established 
a, a very strong channel established for sure in North America and a, and a nicely developing channel in, in South America and in, in Western Europe where their focus is retrofit. They're not your traditional equipment dealer. They're often, you know, they may be a seed and chemical. Uh, they, they may have, you know, other, other businesses, but they're not selling big tractors, big combines, tillage equipment, sprayers, et cetera. And they're very much agronomically focused and out there being able to deliver that. And they deliver it on the leading edge. So they're often working with those leading edge uh, customers, the, the farmers that want to be very much the first to enhance their, their equipment. So it's a, it's a very different channel approach than uh, I would say the, the major equipment companies are taking. Um, you know, from what I read, they, they often try to develop in their existing dealers, but existing dealers often sell big tractors and combines and they get lost on this other stuff. It's a huge differentiator that we have, and I'd say it's working very well. I think that's, that's one of the things you see with the rapid growth uh, with uh, the precision planting sales that that we talk about almost every quarter in our in our uh, earnings calls, that's that's been a big deal. And uh, as we picked up Apario Systems and the Intelligent Ag Solutions channel, you know that only furthers our capabilities in this area. And and so it's pretty exciting for us uh, to take those steps forward. And then on the grain and protein side, that's important to, to talk about because you, you look across farms, you know, you don't have to look very far to see GSI grain bins. Uh, maybe it's AP branded uh, hoghouse equipment or Cumberland uh, chicken equipment or, or Kimbria uh, grain handling. You know, a variety of these, these brands show up where we're applying this technology across a much broader uh, horizon uh, than, than some of the others out there are doing. And, and we see a lot of synergies there. Going back to what you said about the retrofit markets and areas outside of the U.S., have you learned anything from dealing with a, a business that's more focused on retrofit than selling a big tractor that you think will apply to moving forward selling autonomous retrofit kits here for North America? What we found is, you know, the the disposable income of farmers is limited and and how they can invest, it's limited. And so if you can show them a way to to take those limited uh, investments that they have from year to year and maximize their output, they're going to put that forward. And and for many, many years, you know, probably generations, they felt that they had to buy a new machine to really enhance their, their overall productivity. And so what, what we've tried to do is number one, help them understand the economics and make them help them understand, you know, the, the, how easy it can be uh, to do this. And then also we try to create the solutions in a very scalable manner. So, you know, maybe if they want to retrofit a planner, you know, they don't need to retrofit the, the entire planter. They can break it up into sections uh, to, to where they can get some enhanced functionality without going down to, to robot control. And with the sprayer products that we're bringing out uh, that we announced at our winter conference, the same type of thing. You know, maybe they don't want to retrofit an entire boom on a sprayer. Maybe they want to break it up into to four sections or something like that. They can get that agronomic advantage and, and get it at a, a small fraction 
of the cost of what it would cost to buy a, a new sprayer overall with a fully outfitted system. So it, it really caters to a much different segment uh, with a small and mid-sized farmers versus ag retailers and, and the extra large farms out there. And, and we have those products that we're going after there too, but that's more on the, the, the OEM uh, branded products that we have with our Massey and, and Fent uh, lines. Mm-hmm. I just read an article like that said the average farm size globally about two acres somewhere around there, which is like amazing to think about when we're used to huge farms here. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You, you need to take a trip to India sometime and see the, the, the little farm fields that look like a postage stamp and, and somehow they're farming on these little tiny fields, but it, it gives you an idea of why they're still using, in, in some cases, no mechanized equipment uh, or, you know, very small tractors. And that's one market, but there are many that are, that are like that. There's, there's still a lot of uh, development opportunities out there. How do you go about navigating the challenge of when you're thinking retrofit first, how do you design a product that can work with any type of machine and then also you're projecting into the future what people are going to need? Well, uh, two things. One is we, we have an architecture that, you know, it's one architecture from a retrofit technology standpoint that sits on top of our common electronics architecture. So it can sit on our common ar- electronics architecture or it can sit on top of other uh, manufacturers uh, architecture. And so that's one way we don't, it's not like we build it where it's, it's all one because we know it will have to sit on, on right on, on other shoulders, uh, so to speak. So, uh, so that's, that's one of the, the key ways we go about it. And, uh, and then as far as anticipating the needs, you know, for the longest time, from the retrofit standpoint, we were very focused on planting, you know, as, as the name would suggest with precision planting, they were very focused on, on uh, the planting stage of the crop cycle. When we purchased Apario, uh, we had a joint venture with Apario called Intelligent Ag Solutions and uh, Intelligent Ag, they were very focused on acoustic sensors, going on uh, fertilizer uh, application equipment and on air seeding equipment. And, and so we had the seeding and, and uh, fertilizer application. Headsite had uh, front end equipment. And, and so what we're, we're looking at is, you know, where are we? Where do we have strength? Where do we have some traction and capabilities? And then where else are there opportunities that the farmer really wished that, that they could solve a, a problem? And so it's, it's really staying very close to the farmers and it's, it's all part of the, the, uh, the culture that we have. And we're trying to further enhance of, of the farmer first culture, listen to what they're saying their problems are not, not exactly how they want to fix them. We're, we, we engineer the solution, but what are their problems? And then how do we help them overcome that problem uh, with, with technology that we can apply to, to deliver on that agronomic challenge and deliver in, a, in an economically feasible manner. Agronomy was something I wanted to ask you about too and how that fits into your technology offerings and product offerings. Right. So with the, the agronomy, 
One of the things we, we've uh, continued to add to our agronomic resources, because this is one where from a farmer standpoint, they continue to, to come back to us and say, you know, they don't really want more agronomic advice. They want more agronomic action. So it's really taking the information we're gathering from the fields and taking it to, to an action. And so, you know, we look very much at how can we, number one, gather the information up. And so that's where, you know, when we're harvesting, we're, we're capturing a lot of information. When we're planting, we're, we're capturing, you know, our seed rates or singulation rates, you know, the depth, moisture, temperature of the soil. And then we're able to, to provide that information to the agronomist so they see that. We measure emergence. And that's one of the things we introduced at the Precision Planting Winter Conference this year is a series of, of cameras for advanced sensing to be able to capture that on every pass through the field. Uh, you know, what's the emergence? How is the crop progressing? So we're able to capture that and learn from it. Also, now with the sea and spray, not just see a soil weed and give the information to the farmer or their agronomist, but to be able to sense that it's there and act on the spot. So really putting the, the tools in the hands to, to do that. And we continue to be able to flow that information off the machines to the provider uh, the, of the, the farmer's choice. And we obviously have some very strong uh, partnerships around the world uh, with a, what I'd say are the the major providers of farm management software, as well as maintaining an open architecture. So even if we don't have a formal partnership, the farmer can flow the data uh, into the system of their choice. Okay. I had talked with um, Jan Becker from Apex AI about the Apex Best Base software. He kind of gave me an overview of some of the possibilities that exist for building on that type of software. So I was curious, what are your plans for expanding on those capabilities? Yeah, the, the main reason we were interested in working with Apex uh, AI is it, it gives us the framework uh, to build upon to get to fully autonomous machines and, and to enable not just a, a self-driving tractor, because I think if, if that was the, the goal, I think we'd all have it and it, the, the game would be done and we just kind of uh, compete as normal. But you know, what we're looking at is how do we take it all the way to make sure that every task is performed and that we're able to monitor that and do that in a, in a safe, safe manner. And so Apex, uh, the Apex operating system and then Apex AI, they're really helping us so that we're not trying to recreate that, that framework and, and we're able to really accelerate our efforts by using their framework uh, as we take the steps forward. Okay, that makes sense. And that's applying to the Zaber robot, correct? We have it with Zaber, but it's it's really you know something we're applying to our entire common electronics architecture, um, and and how we're uh, taking that to the next generation overall across all of our products. So then that base level architecture will be able to. You know, sometimes the, the statement of plug and play is overused, but, you know, as we bring, you know, additional sensors in the future uh, or, or capabilities, it can plug into that architecture and we can enjoy those enhanced capabilities 
and yet maintain that that functional safety uh, as as we go forward. Okay. Talking about Zaver, how does that fit into your strategy for autonomous agriculture? Yeah, Zaver is really a, has been probably as much as anything an experimental learning uh, platform for us to test out our, our, our capabilities and develop our capabilities on a very small scale. Uh, rather than having a large machine running around uh, a field, you have the, the smaller uh, Zaver machine. Where we're able to touch, integrate our, our electronics architecture, our guidance technology, our sensing and connectivity, and just uh, build on that uh, over time. Uh, and, and I would say that's, that's really been the purpose of that, and that's where that one stays overall. I, I don't think you're going to see a, a Zaver robot on the market from us in the future. Okay. That's what I was curious about, because it's almost like two opposite things, thinking about retrofitting and then this unique machine to the just operating on its own in the field. Yeah, there, there are a lot of companies out there, I'd say a lot of startups for sure, working on small robots uh, to go through the field. And, and I would say they're, they're doing a fine job of developing that technology. And so it'd be somewhat of a waste for us to try to chase that. I, I think for us, it's to learn from the technology and then where there are applications that might leverage, uh, you know, the smaller robot or the swarm technology. Uh, we'll be well positioned to to engage in that space uh, without creating our own robot. Sure. And then broad question, what do you see as the future of the agriculture industry? I continue to see the, the future of the agricultural industry to be very bright. I don't think I need to recite the story about the growing population and improving diets and, and uh, the demand for food. I think we're all seeing that and feeling that now as much as ever. And the, the, the great thing is farmers around the world continue to rise to meet that challenge, but we have to be there to enable them. And I think the, the nice thing is that all the, the ag equipment companies, all the precision ag companies, we're all investing heavily to be able to meet those challenges. I think in the end, uh, the key for us is to make sure that we're delivering those productive solutions that bring that uh, agronomic solution and the economic benefit for the farmer, and also to make sure that those solutions are reliable, because if they're not reliable, the farmer's going to give up on them uh, very quickly because of the the tight windows that they have to to operate in. And then finally, they have to be easy to use. and And I think we'll continue to see more automation of features, and it's it's tremendous how many features have already been automated on the farm. I think that will continue for sure uh, because they're the Finding uh, labor is, is nearly impossible in most areas uh, of the world where farming is done, and, and that demand is continuing to heighten. Thanks to Seth Crawford for today's conversation. Let me know what you thought about this episode by leaving a comment on the web story for this podcast or on Precision Farming Dealers' Facebook or Twitter. If you're looking for more podcasts about precision farming, visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts or check out our episode library wherever you get your podcasts. From all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Michaela Bauchner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.